grab your pencils, print off that bracket, make some upset picks, choose your final four, prepare for the inevitable ah that comes when one of your final four picks loses on Thursday on the first day of the tournament. It's all part of the joy of March Madness, and it's here, baby. North Carolina is in the tournament. They've got their assignment. We're going to talk about all of it, plus unpack Carolina's loss to Virginia Tech in the semifinals of the ACC tournament this weekend. All coming up on today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. <laughs> Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, March 14th, 2022, and I don't know about you, but I have not come down off the high of the selection show yet. Boy, oh boy, I'm trying to get into my week, but it is difficult. I want to welcome you into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And for those of you watching on YouTube, your first watch every single day. What's up, YouTube? Remember that we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool has March Madness here for you and they have a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Speaking of brackets, I'd love to see if any of you out there listening or watching do anything fun with your brackets. Maybe, I, I, like I heard from somebody this weekend who draws all their brackets in chalk on a board at their house. If you do something fun with your brackets or out there, I'd love to see it. Send me a picture, send me a video, and uh, I'd love to share it on the show at some point this week. Well, we have to start by, before we look ahead to the tournament, we got to look back at the ending of the ACC tournament for the Tar Heels. And that came crashing down on Friday night with a loss to Virginia Tech in the ACC semifinals. Virginia Tech 72, North Carolina 59. Not a very close game. And I got to tell you, in, in real time, it felt to me very much like the just blowout losses Carolina had gone through earlier in the season. It felt like maybe the Tar Heels weren't prepared or they weren't ready or whatever it was. Um, I think I even wrote about that in my Quick Hitters article that I publish after every game. But now, with the benefit of hindsight, I've begun to think maybe a little bit differently. I think now that this game was more about what Virginia Tech was doing than what North Carolina wasn't doing. Virginia Tech was just playing on this desperate mission to get into the ACC tournament, or excuse me, into the NCAA tournament. They were a team that preseason almost everyone had projected would be uh, at, near, at or near the top of the ACC, would challenge for the ACC championship, which they ended up winning, and uh, they just didn't. They got off to a very rough conference start and then finally figured something out here and have just gone on fire. And so I think this game was about Virginia Tech's desperation and I'll say Carolina's inability to match that. We talked about that as one of the keys to the game, but I just feel like the Tar Heels 
they came out ready to play. I, I don't think they weren't ready, but just didn't have enough of that uh, to sustain that intensity that Virginia Tech played with for 40 minutes. They did it for about 19 and a half minutes, and I'll tell you more about what I mean in just a second with that. Now, funnily enough, in a couple ways, I would say that there were some good things that happened from this loss, and this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but bear with me. Number one, the loss bumped Virginia Tech up in the net rankings into the top 30, and so that means that the win over Virginia Tech in Chapel Hill is now a quad one victory, giving the Tar Heels one more quad one victory for the selection committee to look at before the brackets came out last night. Of course, if Carolina had beaten Virginia Tech in this game, it would have been a quad one victory too, so it's all moot. But still, uh, it did help. Uh, the other reason I think it's funny that Carolina lost is would have loved to seen a rubber match between the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils, but we didn't get that. But you know what it does mean? The last time the Tar Heels will ever play Coach K, assuming they don't meet in the NCAA tournament, which has literally never happened in the history of the rivalry, so chances are it's not going to, Again, that means that the last time the Tar Heels ever faced Coach K, you know what they did? They ruined his retirement party. That's right. I know we've been talking about it a lot, but it's just so fun and awesome. But we do have to acknowledge there was also some bad uh, in the loss. Obviously, losing is bad. You want to win uh, a conference championship, a conference tournament championship, and, and Carolina didn't have the opportunity to do that. But the other thing, the, the more far-reaching implication is that, as we know now, Carolina fell into uh, an 8-9 game. They're the 8th seed. Had they won against Virginia Tech, I don't, it might have taken beating Duke as well, but had they won against Virginia Tech, I legitimately think they had a chance to move up to a 7 seed and uh, have a 7-10 game and then maybe play a 2 rather than having to face a 1 if they can win their first game. So obviously, that is a tough pill to swallow. Now, let's look at the Virginia Tech side of things because we, we do want to look at, at the ACC as a whole here. This is awesome for the Hokies. Uh, this was their first time in the ACC championship game. And so obviously then their first ever ACC tournament championship. They've been in the league since 2004. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has. And so the Hokies did that. Also, uh, based on where they landed in the bracket, even if they had made the final but didn't win, they aren't getting into the NCAA tournament. And so they gave the ACC another team that they wouldn't have had. And so um, in the ACC championship game, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that. Maybe you were so disappointed you gave up. So I'll just say a couple words about that. Virginia Tech's hunger only seemed to climb higher. You know, in some ways you think, boy, they're playing their fourth game in four days. Are, are they going to be done? Are their legs done? But no, they seemed almost more hungry, more, more destined to win this game. And once again, what it also did was just like Carolina they exposed Duke's inability to guard on the defensive side of the ball. And ultimately, I think that is going to be the Blue Devils undoing in the NCAA tournament. They are a phenomenally talented team, but their defense is lacking. Somehow, the Blue Devils still got a two seed, but they have an incredibly tough draw. They would have to face Virginia, or excuse me, Michigan State in their second game, and then probably uh, Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. And then if they get to the Elite Eight, it would probably be Gonzaga, and then who knows beyond that. So, tough road to hoe for the Blue Devils. Well, congrats to the Hokies. Great win. What's cool about the ACC tournament, I was looking back at the recent years, 
The past five ACC conference tournaments have had five different winners. Now, I am including in that when FSU was declared the champions in the COVID year, the year it was canceled for COVID. But, you know, they're called the champions, so we're going to claim it. And then seven of the past eight years have been seven different winners. Only Duke has won it twice in that span. So really cool to see some of that parity amongst the ACC. Well, uh, about this semifinal game against Virginia Tech itself. I do want to unpack the specifics of it a little bit more. Um, while I said the game was more about the Hokies, what happened to Carolina? Where did things go wrong? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you more about Run Your Pool. As we've said, March Madness is here, and that means you need to decide right now where you're running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you going for the best? Here at Locked On, we've done our homework and we're running our brackets with Run Your Pool. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool has all sorts of different types of games, things like Survivor or Pick X, which are both awesome different types of games. Run Your Pool has options for editing scoring, and they have more intel than other sites to help you make your picks, stuff that you're not going to find at ESPN or CBS. They offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you're going to find. And clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, as I said, we're running our brackets there this year. There's no truer test than a satisfied customer. Now, here's something awesome you can get into. If you want to play against us, all sorts of the different locked-on personalities, and win a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, you can do that by joining us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, go ahead and create your own pool for your family or friends or coworkers. Just enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details are available there. Again, that's runyourpool.com slash locked on for a chance to win a cash prize of up to $1,800. Look forward to competing with you there. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pick'em pits the star players of these games against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the upper hand against you. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads or long odds. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their game players winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about what or who you're going up against. You can just pick out a lineup that you want, choose out a preset lineup that they've made, and go up against it. The simple and sleek gameplay is going to have you playing in just minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on, and you can use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit magic deposit match, excuse me. Once again, that's stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. Before we do get to unpacking the Carolina-Virginia Tech game, I want to make you aware of our Bracket Breakdown show that is out today on Locked On Network. It's going to show up in all the show feeds, so you'll find it in the Locked On Tar Heels podcast feed and on the YouTube channel. Would love for you to check it out, but you don't have to. Totally up to you. If you don't want it, just delete it but it's there for you. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. 
Well, this Carolina-Virginia Tech game, it just felt odd to me. For the first 1939, so all but 21 seconds of the first half, neither team led by five points. It was played all within this tight window. And then all of a sudden, as we get into that last minute, Virginia Tech took their use it or lose it timeout, and Carolina played some great defense out of that timeout. But Keve Aluma, who has had a great year, is a great player for Virginia Tech, hits this end of shot clock off balance three to put the Hokies up six. <sighs> okay, fine. So then Carolina does the same thing. They take their use it or lose it timeout. Caleb Love gets some great penetration to the hoop. Looks like he's got a gimme layup to cut the lead to four at the break, but just misses it. It goes begging off the rim. And so the Hokies are up uh, by six at the break. And then here's what happens coming out of halftime. They just go on this blitz, a couple of threes, a three-point play the old-fashioned way, and before you know it, they've reeled off a 9-0 run, and they're up by 15 points. By that point, I think, uh, again, their desperation matched with Carolina's, eh, we beat Duke, we're in the tournament now, we want to win this game, but they just didn't match Virginia Tech's intensity. And so the whole rest of the game, Carolina never got the lead back to single digits. Uh, they kept trying to bring it down, but every time they did, something happened, like a four-point play, and then all of a sudden, the lead springs back up to 17 again, just as quick as you could think about it. And so they just, Virginia Tech just never looked back after that. And so I've tried to pick out what I think are the four biggest reasons Carolina ended up losing this game. And so let's just unpack those a little bit. Obviously, we could find more, but here's what I think are the highlights. First off, number one reason I think Carolina lost this game is that Brady Manick wasn't Brady Manick, the Brady Manick we've seen for the vast majority of this season. You've heard me talk a lot about how prolific he's been from three-point range this year. Prior to this game, had hit a three in all but two of Carolina's games, had made at least one three in 23 straight games, and multiple threes in six straight games. I mean, how impressive is that for this big man, 6'10 guy, stepping out on the perimeter? That pick-and-pop game is is almost unguardable if Manic is on. Unfortunately, against Virginia Tech was one of those nights that happens to every basketball player where he's just not hitting the same way he usually does. Wound up 0 of 5 from deep, and, and you just, if you were watching the game, maybe you felt like I did, and it just, it just didn't feel like his night. Like it, you know, sometimes a, a player misses their first shot, and it's like, ah, that looked great, though. It just, every time he released it on Friday night, it just never felt like it was going to go in. And so he wound up 4 of 10 overall, had one assist, three turnovers. It just wasn't Brady Manick's game, and that happens sometimes. I talked about before the Duke game at Cameron to close out the regular season that I thought Puff Johnson was the X factor in that game. And you could look at a lot of players and say they're the X factor. But honestly, going into March, going into Thursday's first NCAA tournament game, I think Brady Manick is probably the most important cog in this wheel. He's been there before. He's experienced it. He knows how to help these guys do it. Obviously, Carolina has as well, but just he's had more years to do it. And so I'm really looking for Brady Manick to make a huge impact in the tournament. Now, the second reason I think Carolina lost is that Brady Manick wasn't the only one struggling with his shot. As a team, the Tar Heels were 3 of 26 from the three-point line. 
previous Carolina teams who really worked hard to get the ball in the post can overcome a performance like that, but not one like this reliant on three-point shooting. Of those three, Caleb Love hit two of them, but he hit he took ten uh, three-point attempts to get there. Two out of ten is not great. R.J. Davis had the other three-pointer, but he took six attempts to get there. Leaky Black was 0 for 2. Both his corner threes that he's been shooting well this season were both where those were, but just missed. Um, and, and so for the two games in Brooklyn, Carolina as a team across those two games shot 10 for 49 from three-point range. So that's the Virginia and Virginia Tech games combined. The Tar Heels shot 20.4% from three-point range. That's not going to win you many basketball games when you're relying quite heavily on that shot. The third reason for Carolina's struggles against Virginia Tech was Leaky Black's foul trouble. I want to talk more later this week, probably Wednesday's show, about his defensive versatility that we've seen the past three games. But in this one, his defense was already off to a good start, was working on locking down sharpshooter Hunter Couture, and then he went and ended up spending some time on big man Justin Mutz, at, like when Baycott would go out of the game, and was doing well with him. But Mutz is this big, imposing physical figure and is difficult to do much with. And so midway through the first half, over the course of just about a minute or so, uh, Leaky Black picked up two fouls and went to the bench for the first half. At that point, the game was tied at 14, but just the tenor, the whole vibe of it changed because a team like Virginia Tech sees your best defender go to the bench, and what do you do? Your eyes light up because you know you've got new life. And so tied at 14, but it just nothing was the same the rest of the half at that point. Because fourth and finally, the reason I think Carolina uh, struggled in this game is that Virginia Tech's defense had the Tar Heels essentially mystified. They looked lost and bewildered for most of the game. Um, there, there was no rhythm. Virginia Tech dictated Carolina's offensive terms, and that's not what you need to do. Uh, Coach Smith always said when he was the Tar Heels head man, we're going to do what we're going to do, and you've got to adjust to us. And Carolina just couldn't do that on this night. The Hokies took away things that Carolina wanted to do, and it was almost like the Tar Heels were never able to solve how, how to make the proper counter moves. Virginia Tech was clogging up the lane. Maybe Carolina could have used some um, pick-and-roll action in the lane to, to move some guys around, but they, they just weren't able to do that. And so given Virginia Tech's deliberate uh, pace of the game and given the hole that the Tar Heels were in, they just weren't able to string enough possessions or enough points together to get back over the hump. And that's what that was. Well, before we get away from this game and get out of this section, goodness gracious, let's say something positive. And you know what that's going to be? It's going to be the shady stat of the game. And for the second game in a row, that stat belongs to Mr. Armando Baycott, who achieved two huge rebounding milestones in this game. Number one, he hit 400 rebounds for this season. Only the second Tar Heel to ever do it. We've talked about how Bryce Johnson had 400, over 400, uh, 416 to be precise in the 2015-16 season. The only other Tar Heel to hit that mark. And now Armando Baycott has done it in several fewer games. 
Also, Baycott hit the 900 career rebounds milestone, becoming just the 13th Tar Heel to reach that. And so the shady stat of the game is Armando Baycott's 400 single season rebounds and 900 career rebounds. Congrats to you. I get buckets. Way to go. Well, uh, North Carolina, the Tar Heels, they now have their assignment for March Madness coming out of this Virginia Tech game. What is it? Who are they playing? You probably have seen it. Hopefully you've seen it. And we're going to begin to unpack that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournaments are finally upon us. From all the latest odds to contests and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, the NCAA tournament is here. It is three short days away. The Tar Heels are in action on Thursday. It's Monday. Oh my goodness. The Tar Heels are the eight seed in the East region. They're going to take on the ninth seed Marquette Eagles. All sorts of storylines there, as you can well imagine when you hear that name. We're going to get to those in just a moment. But first, let me give you a little bit of the game details, a little bit about the rest of the Eastern region, and then we'll dive into a few of those initial storylines. We'll hit the game in full detail throughout the week. Well, uh, Carolina will play on Thursday. They're traveling to Fort Worth, Texas. That's in the Dallas suburbs, if you're not familiar with it. The game is supposed to tip at 4.30 Eastern time. That's 3.30 local time. Texas is in the central time zone. However, it's going to be the second game of that session, so really the tip time is, is estimated. We'll have to see when it actually goes on. The game will show on TBS, so make sure you can find that network or dial in to the Tar Heels actual radio broadcast. Uh, looking at the Bet Online opening spread, it lists the Tar Heels as a three point favorite, so that's good news there. As for the rest of the Eastern region, let's just take it from uh, the, the top matchup all the way down to the bottom. Uh, number one, the Baylor Bears uh, will take on the 16th seed Norfolk State. And then the winner of that, as, we, as you can imagine, will take on the winner of Carolina and Marquette. Moving our way down, at the fifth seed, you've got St. Mary's, and they're going to take on the winner of a, a play-in game from the Final Four, which will be Wyoming and the Indiana Hoosiers, taking place on Tuesday in Dayton, Ohio. Fourth seed, UCLA Bruins. we got a couple Blue Bloods in this bracket. They're playing the 13th-seeded Akron Zips. That'll be a good game. Sixth seed in the East is the Texas Longhorns. Interesting to have Marquette and Texas both in this bracket. A little Shaka Smart connection there. And they're taking on who we've talked a lot, uh, a lot about on this episode, the 11th seeded Virginia Tech Hokies. Go Hokies, hold it down for the ACC, get that upset. Then working the way down the list, uh, one of Carolina's opponents from earlier this season, third-seeded Purdue Boilermakers, who will be playing the 14th-seeded Yale Bulldogs. Finally, the Ivy League decided to play basketball again. Welcome back, smart kids. Glad to have you again. 
And then the bottom two matchups at the seventh seed, Murray State, the fighting Ja Morants are in this bracket taking on the 10th seeded San Francisco Dons. And then the final uh, matchup at the bottom of the Eastern bracket is the second seeded Kentucky Wildcats taking on the 15th seed St. Peters. So you're seeing, again, a lot of blue bloods in there. Carolina, UCLA, Kentucky, uh, and boy, that's uh, three of the four teams that were in Memphis in 2016-17 when Carolina last won the national championship. The other was Butler um, in that matchup. And you know what happened a couple days later. What up, Luke May? Let's go with that. So some interesting matchups in this, I should say with the blue bloods too. I guess Indiana's still a blue blood, right? That's a thing. And so, uh, a, a great bracket, a fun bracket. We will see what unfurls. Here are some of the initial storylines of Carolina's game. As I referenced, uh, Shaka Smart in that Texas Marquette connection, you might recall that Shaka Smart left Texas after last year. He wasn't fired. He left after the Longhorns went out in the first round and took the Marquette job after Steve Wojciechowski from Duke was gone. And so you've got a first-year coach in Hubert Davis uh, matched up against not a rookie coach, but a coach in his first year at a new program in Chaka Smart at Marquette. So that'll be uh, an interesting matchup between those two gentlemen. As you know, Dawson Garcia, one of the Tar Heels, who opted out for the rest of the year to go be with his family, um, back at home as they're going through some medical things. But you might recall Garcia is a transfer from where? Marquette. That's right. And so, boy, it would be very interesting if he was still playing right now. Although I, I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Davis and company just reached out uh, to Dawson to get some intel. Obviously, they're going to play a different brand of basketball now under Smart than they did under Wojciechowski. But uh, Garcia certainly knows a lot of the personnel still there at Marquette. Uh, as to the Tar Heels and Marquette's history, just very recently, you recall that Carolina and Marquette played a, a, a last-minute scheduled game last season during the COVID year as things are getting canceled. And so Marquette came down, played in the Smith Center, unfortunately beat Carolina 83-70. And I'm guessing you remember who the leading scorer was in that game. That's right who we just talked about, Dawson Garcia, led all scorers with 24 points. Garrison Brooks led the Tar Heels with 18 points in that game. Armando Baycott had just three points and five, po uh, five rebounds. Guessing he's going to have a few more this time around. Well, again, we're going to talk all about this game in a lot of depth. All More of the storylines, more of the matchups, my four corners, keys to the game. That'll come up on Thursday. Get ready for that. And we're also going to talk more about the March Madness in general and all things like that later in the week. So stay tuned in for that. And if you're interested, we are running a uh, Locked on Tar Heels bracket through Run Your Pool. And so would love for you to check that out. The link is in the show notes. That is it for today's episode, Monday show on Locked on Tar Heels. Please, I'd love it if you would go and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, especially if you listen on Apple, where you can find ratings and reviews, it would mean so much if you would rate the show, review it, talk about why you love it, why you're dialed in, when you listen, what you do when you listen. We just don't have uh, any reviews lately from the show. There's there's some from when it used to be a thing a while ago. And so would love some new reviews. Please, I'd love it if you would do that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels, and you can follow me at Isaac Shade, just my name. You can find it right here below my head that's floating, or you can find it on Twitter. 
And if you like what you're hearing, we would love it. We would be honored if you would go tell a friend, especially right now, man. It's the NCAA tournament. Lots of people are wanting to talk basketball. Bring them in. Let's have some great conversations. Speaking of which, coming up on tomorrow's show, I've got a beef with the NCAA and the way they seed things in the NCAA tournament. And I want to talk about it. So we're going to do it right here. Gear up for that Uncle Isaac's Soapbox. That's probably what I should name that segment. That'll be fun. We're going to look at the history of the Tar Heels as an eight seed. Have they been there before? What has their success been? We'll unpack it. And we're going to look at the success of eight seeds as a whole in the NCAA tournament. And of course, it's Tuesday, so we got to have Tuesday trivia. All of that on Tuesday's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. And I do want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. And if you're on YouTube, your first watch every single day. And now I want to encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen today. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Well, thank you so much for spending part of your Monday talking Carolina sports with me. I know it's hard coming off a loss. It's it's sad to lose to Virginia Tech, but look at what's ahead. It's NCAA tournament time. It's March Madness. You better be planning how you're going to play hooky on Thursday and Friday because there's a whole day of basketball to watch, and it's the best time of the year. NCAA tournament's great, but you know what's even better? Being a Tar Heel. Because it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!